podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome back to Rate Don't Hate on Anfield Index channel. The show where we get to rate the players' performances, their individual performances. And I think there might be a Klopp rating for this one because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to give away the spoiler too early in terms of his rating, but I do think, um, his performance deserves a rating. Um, we'll see what my panelist has to say about that. It's none other than Mr. Guy Drinkle. Guy, this has been some birthday week in terms of uh, Liverpool games for you. Yeah, I mean, the one on my birthday was a nice, relaxing affair where the game couldn't... I don't think it could have been easier, really. I mean, if we were playing maybe an under-12s team, it might have been. But, yeah, then we go to the Everton game where if... I almost said a football game broke out, but I don't even think that happened. It just... It was just lads jumping about on the floor. I don't know, rolling about in grass for a bit, and then couple goals happened, that's about it really, but they it's been said enough on other podcasts, but Christ they're pathetic. They're both yeah. pathetic for different reasons. <laughs> it was quite something. It was quite the spectacle. I think I think Frank Lampard was trying to channel his inner Jose Mourinho. Um yeah, but he's not. And it didn't go as well as he maybe thought it might go or had hoped. But that won't stop him from complaining about the one or two chances that they should have had and then completely forget to mention all the chances that Liverpool would have had. But, Guy, let's get into it straight away into the player ratings because we had some interesting performances. Um, one of those games, I suppose, that that old cliche kicks in where they say it's a game of two halves because Liverpool really struggled, you know, especially if you're to believe the the commentators from Sky um, with regards to that first half that Liverpool was struggling and were now rattled and, you know, they, they were losing the plot and, and they were definitely trying to tell a story, I felt, the commentators. And if you watch that game with alternative commentary, I don't think it would have come off as bad as it did. And in saying that, I wanted to start where we always start with Alison Becker because if you listen to the commentary, it seems like Everton had us at the on the ropes at certain points in time. But then I'm looking at Allison's ratings, and it's not like he had much to do. And I see a lot of the comments with regards to his rating and justifying his rating. I've got people here say like, it's not it's not that you know he had a bad performance or anything, but more so that he didn't have too much to do. And then um, Stephen Smith did the player ratings for Anfield Index. Um, and he says as solid as he needed to be without much to, to actually do 
nice antics at the end and never really looked overly phased by the odd Everton half chance. Uh, I think that sums it up perfectly, Guy. Um, maybe you could have waxed a bit more lyrical on that, um, the antics at the end, and I, I certainly will, but yeah. <laughs> it warranted at least that. But um, Stephen's given him a 7.5. I've seen for you, you've gone for a 6 for Alison Becker, and then in brackets you've said, uh, you know, like a billion for shit housing. Uh, it, it, it really was a beautiful moment at the end there, wasn't mm. it? It's the only thing he did. It's <laughs> the only thing he had to do. But yeah, it was a fantastic moment. He looked spot on. Hair was nice. Beard was nice. Didn't have any goalkeeping to actually do. So you can't really go any higher for the actual football stuff. But that moment, if he just winked at the camera and smiled like that knobhead up at the other end of the pitch did. Oh, chef kiss. It was already that. But yeah, it's... He had nothing to do goalkeeper-wise, but that moment was just lovely. It was just lovely. But yeah, pick, basically my rating is Pickford's a bell end out of 10, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, certainly from my perspective, Alison's rating shot through the, 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 the roof of the um, 10 ceiling that we like to give on this podcast. And it, it, it shot high into um, the stratosphere in the areas that you've given there in, in, in brackets. Um, but in terms of just the performance, I, I'm, I'm leaning more towards your six than the 7.5 from Steven in that I agree. He didn't have that much to do. Um, and you know, I've, I've given Allison higher scores when, when, you know, when oppositions actually test him, but even from a footballing feat standpoint, as, mm. as the new generation of goalkeepers have to do, it's not like he was pressed there an awful lot either. So, so it's not like, you know, we can judge too much on, you he, know, he his distribution. He couldn't even pass long, could he? Because there was 12 people in their box. <laughs> like, it, it was just insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. But, um, yeah, so I, I think there will be more, you know, impactful performances that we'll speak on when we get um, later on into the show. But, yeah, definitely the the grabbing the ball, going down, wasting time, you know, t- taking the mick out of Pickford was absolutely fantastic for me because Allison seems like the, 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 the straight lace kind of guy that wouldn't joke about something. Mm-hmm. So he, he's even funnier when he does make a joke. We, we all have that one person where when, when they surprise you with a joke, it is quite, quite hilarious. And, and he fits the bill for me from that one. But let's move on to our fullbacks, because for me, I thought there were contrasting performances. I mean, usually uh, when we're scoring goals, Trent is the one that's involved in them. Um, Steven's got a 6.5 for Trent Alexander-Arnold in this game. You've gone with a 5. So I'm sensing a theme here in terms of you are a bit harsher in, in your score ratings. But Steven's gone on to say seemed... Um, Seemed like he was run by emotion and caught into too many half spaces that allowed the Ev that odd break. Was tough and problematic to break them down and he looked rushed and angry when control was needed. He's still 23 and world class and these games happen. And I think that's really an important point from Stephen in the sense that even if we're giving him a bad rating and, and I'll go on to my rating for him um, afterwards, um, I think it's it's important to say he's allowed to have these type of games. He's 23, playing in a local derby. 
um, you know, the, probably one of the bigger games for him in, in the calendar season, obviously taking finals and that kind of stuff out of the way. Everton's probably the game he would look at first on the fixture list. I, I would imagine even ahead of Man United, especially at this point with this version of Man United, just because of what this game would mean to Trent and his family. And I do think he played the occasion a lot in this game. His passing was a bit off. Um, you know, he was getting maybe beaten to the ball a bit. Um, very, it was weird because he was showing passion, but then with the passing, it was like sloppy, like, like he wasn't concentrating. Um, which, which is kind of like uh, a yo-yo of a performance from him. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously gets the yellow card in the second half, which I thought he needed to get that yellow card because I thought Gordon was gone. Um, so either the man or the ball goes past you at that point in time, not both. So taking him out, you know, obviously you don't want to see someone hurt or anything like that, but I do think it was one of those professional fouls that have become quite common in the game now. Um, what was your, what was your, um, thoughts on Trent Alexander's performance? Yeah, I went with the five, eight. He was really lackadaisical for me. It, like first half, especially he was dreadful, but so, so most people. Um, but he didn't really improve too much in the second half. Like, I think he had that one nice cross and he had a cross field, a, a diagonal pass as well. But other than that, I think he was really sloppy on the ball. Um, defensive wise, I don't think Gordon did much apart from dive and stuff like that. But I don't know. I, I know it's a tactic of ours to try and he goes into midfield and stuff like that. But I don't think he's usually that. I'll say lazy for the want of a better word, but it probably is the right word. But he was almost lazy getting back into position, expecting the midfielder to always be in the right back spot. And it's like we're playing against the wall here, Trent. We we kind of need the midfielder to be there as well as you. So Gordon, but like he wasn't even he wasn't skinning Trent or whatever. He just had millions of miles of space to run into in these occasions and the yellow card kind of typified that. So yeah, I think Trent was kind of lackadaisical with his with his passing and almost lazy with his defending. Um so yeah, I went with the five. I almost went a bit lower to be honest. It was it was kind of disappointing because in games when a team defends like that, Trent's one of the ones you need to step up and he he, he really didn't. Um obviously will lead on to the other the other full back, unfortunately he did step up. But yeah, Trent, a really bad day and I think you're right there, he did play the occasion but even in then, he didn't really show glimpses of his of his usual self, which is kind of kind of annoying considering the level of team we were playing against. I'm just trying to floor in as many digs as Everton are can in. But it's true. I mean, playing against a relegation team, I, Watford and Burnley don't quite play that Tony Pulisi. Um But if, if Trent's having an off day, that right hand side it kind of dies a death because. We talked. I just mentioned that the midfielder kind of has to do the defensive journey, uh, work, and Moore had no one to connect with. Um, so yeah, very poor day for Moore, uh, um, for Trent. Sorry, sorry, Mo, you you did all right actually. <laughs> wow. uh, but yeah, for for Trent, <laughs> for Trent, he had a poor day. Jumping ahead there, I see. Yeah. Um, yeah, from my perspective, you mentioned you you could have gone lower. I did go lower, uh, one lower than you. I gave Trent a four. Um, I thought he was very sloppy. I thought he definitely played the occasion and he embodied what 
used to be the Liverpool way before Klopp got there uh, and some of the early uh, fixtures that Klopp had against Everton where Klopp would come out, you know, after the game and stuff. And I think he's tried drilling it in more and more um, as he's been at Liverpool is that we don't need to treat this as a dogged derby. Don't do that because all you're doing is you're lowering yourself to their level. Um there's no need. We're, we're better than them. We've got more class than them. We've got more quality than them. Just go and show that side of you. And Trent didn't in this game. Um, and as we say, he's still young. It's one game. It, it doesn't reflect what we think of Trent as a footballer. It's what we think of Trent's performance. So it's more about the performance than the performer with my ratings. Um, and that's the way we kind of go about it on this show. But yeah, it's a four for me from Trent. I didn't think he had a good game. He also had a lot of corners that didn't quite hit the target, I thought. Mm, um, I never know about as well. Yeah, <laughs> I was expecting at least a goal directly from a corner, maybe because Kanate is not on there and, and we know that's his territory of late. But yeah, for me, not a great performance from Trent. A four, um, we'll see if he improves and hopefully he does. And I'm pretty confident in saying that he's going to improve going forward. It's a one-off thing. Uh, on the other side, of the fullback scale, we've got Trent, um, we've got Robbo. I see here you've got an eight for Robbo. And if I'm looking at Steven's rating, he's got a nine. So as is the theme, Steven's higher than you, usually by one or two, but by one here. Um, he's obviously glowing about, um, Andy Robertson. He was excellent once again, and he's really taking this quadruple scenario seriously. Yeah. I, I think Robbo would be one of the guys in the dressing room that would would be taking it quite seriously and trying to G people up um to get a you know to get concentrated and focused on executing that. Um he mentions that Robbo was instrumental in both goals with one scored and one corner creating the Divock goal. Mm, I, I might think that's a, a bit of a stretch from Steven there because that corner wasn't as great, I don't think. Um and and then the ball goes out. So they do clear it. Um, and then obviously Henderson sends it back in. So I'm, I might disagree with him slightly there, but cleared one off the line as well. Should have. Okay. Yeah, definitely. He does say that um, there were no issues on his flank with him and his surrounding cast on full lockdown, and that I fully agree with. Mm-hmm. They didn't even try going down Robbo's side. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, no, Robbo and Van Dijk at that side. We're we're staying far away from there. And then obviously, as you mentioned, Robbo does get that clearance off of the line. Um, yeah, so Guy, you've gone eight. Uh, what was your thoughts on old Robbo's performance? Yeah, he had the two pivotal, well, two of the pivotal moments in the game. I mean, the goal coming up in big moments. I mean, was it that Villa game four years ago? I'm old. Um, <laughs> three years ago. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, yeah, so he gets the odd goal. Like, we always bemoan his shooting, but when he does score, it's a really special moment. I think it's his first goal at the cop end as well. But in terms of his general play, yeah, he stopped that. I think it was a cross from Deli Alley. I'm not sure who it was for. It might have been a Warby. Um, really good defending there. As you say, I don't think he had any defending to do, but that may just be because he had it all locked out. But Damari <laughs> Gray did not play that game apart from his shot from the edge of the box, which was not on the right answer. Um, so yeah, he had literally no defending to do. He was much better going forward than Trent, as, as mentioned. Um, got the goal, got the clearance. His corners were less 
bad entrance. Just <laughs> it's not a glowing remark, but yeah. But he he was just the one. I think he was the one who kind of he didn't kind of descend into Everton's patheticness. Because I think Robbo is the one person in our team who plays them games himself, so maybe he's kind of in the matrix in that regard. Um, but yeah, he didn't really descend into any of that. Um, so yeah, that eight for me. Obviously, we'll talk about it at the end, but he's certainly in the man of the match shouts there. But yeah, he he was one who kind of kept his kept his head, kept his level when people were struggling around him. I think. Definitely, definitely agree with you on that part. Um, guy, let's move on to the centre backs because. I'm I'm sensing that you gave them specific scores because of I guess the lack of involvement, um, similar to Allison with the six there, because um, mm. I see you've got a six for Van Dyke here and a five for Matip. Um, Steven's gone with a seven point five for Van Dyke, a seven for Matip. He mentions uh, Matip was a little bit suspect, uh, and that's you know warranted that slightly lower rating. Um. And obviously, we know Matter brings that creative side of things in terms of being a ball carrier, whereas Van Dijk is more the the spreader in terms of mm-hmm. if the if you look at their two centre back pairings. But they end up with a clean sheet. Uh, Matter probably more involved in terms of in inverted commas controversy uh, with the penalty shout and all of that stuff. But it, it, at least I think everyone's in agreement that Matter probably gets the slightly lower score than Van Dijk does, irrespective mm-hmm. of what score you give them. And then I think the the justification of how high or how low you go with your scores is more to do with their involvement than necessarily them playing badly. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, kind of. I think Van Dijk more so because he had literally nought to do. Like, I don't even think there were situations where he could have played offside. Maybe the Decore chance in the first half, I think. But I think Ali was always saving that on that angle. Um, maybe could have played offside a bit more or seen where I think Matic was lagging behind a bit. But other than that, not really too much to do for Van Dyke specific, specifically. Um, Matip had a weird game. He was kind of crap on the ball, which in a game like that, we've well, it's chalk and cheese comparing that to the United game. But United, he used it so effectively, whereas against Everton, um, yeah, he kind of was just stood in space and it was just a blue wall of, well, literally a wall because it didn't bloody move. <laughs> um, and no, but nobody was really making movement for him and stuff like that, to be fair to him. But you kind of have to criticise the people and himself because he didn't really try anything incisive or anything like that. Maybe he was just wary of the counter-attack. So it was the only thing they had. But defensively, could have given away a penalty. <sighs> nah. I, I don't know if it's <laughs> I don't know if it's just us being biased at this time, but that Gordon lad, Jesus Christ. If he just stayed on his feet, he'd be such a better player with his massive four goals this season. As he's been a sensation this this season. The uh, <laughs> the uh, sky commentary wanted to tell us all all day yesterday, because them four goals really are. Uh, great. Um, yeah, I just think he was really, he was quite clumsy and he was quite almost boring on the ball, which you don't want from Joel Matt. If you want him to go on his adventures and enjoy them. But no, panicky defending. I suppose he had a much more difficult job because we mentioned Trent was kind of just off doing nothing. 
So do I blame Matt? Do I blame Trent? I'm going to blame them both and give them both the same score. Yeah, Matip, I just don't think he had the best day. Could have given away a penalty if another ref was on, because Stuart Atwell does like making his own rules, as we've seen. Um, but yeah, a bit clumsy in that one. And if we if they did get a pen, I don't think anyone would be surprised. But we'll probably come up against referee decisions as we go through the pod, because there was a few involving different players. But yeah, Matip, a bit, a bit panicking. That's why I, I went a, a tad lower. Yeah, and I, and I think that's fair. Um, with regards to the penalty, I've seen them given for a lot less than that. Um, and I think if it was any other player on the pitch besides Gordon and Richarlison, they probably mm. do get a penalty there. But the guys had set a precedent all game with their diving and you can't cry wolf, you know, <laughs> at the end there. Um, and, and expect to get the decision your way, in my opinion. Um, if, if he had just stayed on his feet all game, he definitely gets a penalty there, in my opinion. I think the fact that he was diving left, right and center didn't help him in, in the ref's, um, decision making process, kind of planted the seed early on for, for the ref to look out for that more so after the ref had given him a yellow card. But yeah, I, I do mm-hmm. think someone else definitely would have gotten uh, a penalty awarded there whether or not you think it's a penalty i think is a different debate to be had mm-hmm. but whether or not the penalty would have been given i think it definitely would have been given if it was someone else but we'll move on to the midfield guy we've got um your boy fabinho who's gotten a seven from steven um a steady seven uh to quote steven you've given him a six uh you know it it <sighs> It was one of those situations where I did notice a few times Fabinho did do the that, that Fabinho thing he does really well at stopping things at the source of, I'm just going to take the player out and let's all mm-hmm. get back into shape. Uh, and I really enjoyed that part of his game. Um, didn't really get troubled too much, I don't think, covered when he needed to cover. He was um, almost redundant, wasn't he, the way they were yeah. playing? Because also he, his job isn't... The, to be the creative one yeah, from an attacking exactly. standpoint. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, I, I, I am leaning more towards um, towards Stephen Seven, especially considering the second half when we really told our fullbacks, "Listen, get forward. Um, we'll we'll bank on our centre backs, Fabinho and Allison, stopping anything that they do do if they even try to do something." And I thought he was quite pivotal for that, and having him. Performed that role, gave us the confidence to keep sending our fullbacks forward and forward and to bring on effectively a, a front four uh, towards the, the latter parts of that game. So, uh, yeah, I think a solid seven. I'm, I'm in agreement with Steven there. You've gone with a six. Tell everyone why you hate Fabinho so much. Crap. <laughs> um, no, I just thought it was kind of... I, I think redundant is probably the right word for it, really. I think they didn't attack through the middle at all. Um, Obviously, Naby's job to kind of cover the right-hand side. But at the same time, it was Naby's job to push on because Thiago plays from deep, yada, yada, yada. We've mentioned the struggle with the right side. We'll talk about Naby in a sec. I just went with a six because he didn't have anything to do defensively. And it's not, as you said, it's not his responsibility to break the door down unless it's January and the AFCON lads are away for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah, just a just a fine game from him, really. I don't think... Unless we shifted him over to the right to hack down Gordon, that I, I don't think he did anything wrong. I don't think he did too much. Well, he did he did fine. I don't want to say he did too 
too much right either, but he just didn't have too much to do in that sense. So almost similarly to Allison and Van Dyke, that just went with a six. Yeah, I think I think that that's okay. That's okay. I'm I'm in Stevens camp for the, that one. But um I, I agree with you in terms of not too much to do, um, but did what he needed to do correctly and in, in, in the right fashion. You and Steven were as close as you've come so far in terms of Navigator's rating, because he's got a 6.5. And on this podcast, the panelists aren't allowed to add that 0.5 or subtract a 0.5, mm-hmm. if the case may be. So you've gone with a 6 there. And I'm curious, was were you closer to a 6.5 or is this a solid 6? How close were you to Steven's 6.5? No, just the 6. Just the 6. I think Keith... We, 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 we mentioned it before we started recording. I think we were talking about the subs ratings and Henderson and we, everyone knows the crack. If you hate, if you like Henderson, you hate Cater and vice versa. But in this game, I think if Hendo started the game, he would have succumbed to the horrid first half, similarly to how Nabby did. And if Nabby came on, he would have had a freer, more space to get involved and stuff like that. So. I think almost similarly to Fabinho, more so than, than the defender. I think Naby tried stuff. Like, he, he pressed well. He won the ball back a few times. He, he tried the odd pass. He tried to make the odd run. But there's just no space in that game, or in that half especially. So, I almost went with a five, but I thought that was kind of harsh. But, eh. It was just a horrid game for the midfield, because we'll come on to the forwards. There was just nothing really to connect with in two of the spots especially for me um, yeah I think Naby tried his best and pressed well made runs well but nothing was really connecting so that's kind of why I was edging I mean if we're doing the point five, maybe a 5.5 would have been closer but uh, I stuck with a 6 because I like, I like Naby um, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably why but uh, yeah it's, uh, it, was, it was a tough game for Naby I think I was almost surprised. He, well, not he he started, but him and Thiago started because I thought Hendo would start this one. But yeah, it was uh, it was a almost it was a strange game for the Naby on the midfield all round. I think very strange game indeed. Um, I do wonder, and and you know maybe there's more from a tactical standpoint than a, a player ratings podcast. If he held Hendo back in this game, considering um. He's usually one of the players that would play this game with passion um, and and might get in trouble early on in the game and then he's sitting on a yellow for way too long. Um, or, you know, it, it, and, and it might be something else. It might be sports science related or, or, or any number of reasons. But I do wonder, especially when you look at Trent's performance as well, he played the... the, the he played the emotional game a lot in this one. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder if Henderson would have done the same. We've seen it, for example, from Gerard in the past getting sent off. Um, I just think that first half was more to do with let's not do anything stupid in getting sent off or riled up. Um, just get, I, mean, I was we, just waiting for them to, to get yeah. to half time so Klopp can give them more instructions and belief and, and faith to bomb mm-hmm. forward. Cause I did think. Our quality was going to be enough at the end of the day, and we had bags of 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 attacking talent in reserve if we needed it. We just needed to not do anything silly yeah. to to you know give them a, a chance or possibly get one of our players sent off. Um, but yeah, I, I even, was in the, even in even in the twenty minutes Hendo was on, 
he should have got Richarlison sent off. Uh, well, I say, yeah. I say Hendo should have got him sent off. Richarlison literally just booted him for no reason. So yeah, yeah he should have. But Henderson milked it as well. So he he was well in the thick of the the yeah. the shit housery as, as you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. So Thiago um, finished that midfield trio. Um. Obviously, I was with you in being surprised that not only one of them played, but both Naby and Thiago played. I would have thought wrapped them up in cotton wool. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. I think it was a frustrating game for Thiago. Uh, the space wasn't really there, especially the gap between their midfield pairing and their defense was really, really tight. There was no holding space hands. To, to... Yeah, <laughs> they were basically holding hands with the centre-backs. There was no space to thread balls through there, and we know Thiago loves to do that. Um, he's gotten a seven from Steven. Um he says life without him means we probably don't win this game, however. Um, he says the space mm. wasn't there. He does acknowledge that. He says the game was often horrible, and though he was good, he wasn't great. Um, he, he wasn't afraid to go into challenges as well, which, which I quite yeah. enjoyed uh, in this game. But what were your thoughts on Thiago's performance? Because finally, you and Steven agree on a player rating. You've gone with a 7 as well for Thiago. I'm the odd one out. I've gone for a 6 for Thiago. Um once Why again, it's Thiago? not to say, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, him, I, I was one of those saying at the beginning that he, you know, what he's too slow for Liverpool. He's, no, I'm joking. Um, Naby, I gave him a five. Yeah. I thought he was okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Average performance, nothing yeah. too special. But, um, yeah, look, Thiago, obviously fantastic player. We've seen the form that he's been of late. I just think similar to Naby, this just wasn't his game. Mm-hmm. There just wasn't a space for them to operate and it needed more the wide players to step up than necessarily the midfielders to step up just because there wasn't the space for them. So no ill will for Thiago, as I said before, with Trent, it's the performance, not the performer that I'm worried about for this podcast. Um And yeah, so we'll move on to our front three. We started with Mo Salah on the right Um Mane down the middle, which I guess was the the question when you noticed that Jota yeah, was yeah. also on the starting lineup, whether he went down the middle or Mane went down the middle. It was Mane that went down the middle. Klopp did seem to change it um, at some point during the game, but I don't think that was necessarily Klopp saying, oh, this isn't working, you guys switch it up. I just think that's the nature of the fluidity of our players. And commentators will always put a narrative that they want to put on it, whether it's, oh, this guy's not working that position, that's why they've moved. Whereas every game, our forward seems to... It, Mo usually stays more on the right. He His position's usually quite fixed, although sometimes he does come inside. But the left and the centre forwards do rotate at times. I've seen Bobby on the left and Mane through the middle and vice versa. So I think those positions is more fluid and there's 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 a reason behind that, giving the defenders something different to look at in the game. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it reminds me of um, when our fullbacks switch during corners and early on, um, commentators never used to realise that's how we defended corners and they'll be like, oh, Klopp switched the fullbacks here. This is quite interesting, you know. He, he, seems, he, must have, he must have seen something, you know. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, but anyway, yeah. so, he, yeah, Klopp must have seen now. something. Um, yeah, I know, I know. Um, but yeah, look, for me, I'll, I'll kick us off with my rating for Mane. Mm-hmm. I've gone with a five, so similar mm-hmm. to to Naby Keita for Mane. And 
as I said, the space between the, it was almost as if Alan was told no balls come directly into Mane because he was kind of shadowing. He, he, he almost had a Herrera type role with Mane, but not quite because, um, he didn't travel with him all over the pitch. But when we were in possession and they were sitting deep, he was marking that space just in front of the center backs to make sure that no balls were being spread into Mane. We saw the one time when Mata played the ball into Mane and Mane took that touch away yeah, from yeah. Allen and then got the shot away. That was the only real time that Mane got any kind of space um, in, in, in that area. So I think it is an area that they targeted to try and prevent us from penetrating in. And yeah, so a, a five for Mane didn't really get to do much in the game. Um, but yeah. We'll see if he's more impactful in the next games. What I did like about this game was he got a taste of playing as a center forward in a style of game that he's probably going to likely see against Villarreal because I'm assuming he starts maybe as a center forward in that game as well. So at least he's 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 been in that environment and he's maybe hopefully learned lessons from it, picked up a few things from this game. So that's probably the, the positive I can take from this game. But yeah, from a performance perspective, I gave him a five. You've gone with a four for Mane. Um, I, look, I, I think mine was, if we could do halves, it would be leaning more four and a half than a, mm-hmm. a five and a half. So I'm, 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 I, I get where your four is coming from. You've gone for a five for Jota as well. Um, maybe touch on both of them. The four for Mane, the five for Jota. We'll save Salah until, um, the end in terms of our front three. Yeah. Jota's kind of just easy. He barely plays. <laughs> he didn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, he can't, he can't really... It just isn't a game for him, I don't think. Low block, 12 men behind the ball and the crowd. And, yeah, basically another 20-odd people in, in the game as well. Somehow it's no space for him. In it. It's just not one you can build around. So I think... Bobby's obviously injured at the minute. It's a game we're missing Bobby, and I think because he will drop deep, he will connect in the madness, whereas Jota can't. And going off this game, maybe Mane can't either, which is an issue if he's going to be our long-term nine now. I don't think there's there's only been a couple rumours about his contract stuff, but if that's his position long-term, Liverpool play quite a few games like that, so... We'll have to probably see towards the end of the season. I'm not sure what that, who else would play that Pulisi. I mean, Wolves defensive. Just, maybe there's less teams that are that bad nowadays. To be fair, um, hopefully Everton yeah, go down as well. You can get rid of one of one other as well. But Jota, yeah, I went with a five. It's just kind of it's not his game. He wasn't involved. And he was bad. Man is basically the same description. I went one less. Because out of all the Everton-ness that's came out of this thing, he could have got sent off. <laughs> yeah. He poked someone in the face twice and pushed about. Like, even my echoes disagreeing with me there, pinging up there. But Mane was stupid in that. And Mane does sometimes descend into the, into the derbiness of games like this. And that's all, almost... It's just annoying at this stage because... It doesn't really go away with age, but that hot-headedness can cost us stuff. Because if he gets sent off there, well, Everton might actually try to attack us and might give us more space. But then we're down to 10 men against a wall. So then we're probably never breaking them down. But, um, yeah, 
I mean, more on Mane than Jota, because we kind of know it from Jota. But Mane, it is interesting. I mean, maybe one for you to do, because you actually play the position, whatever level you play. But his link-up play and stuff like that, it looked fantastic against Man United. It's almost a similar argument for Thiago. But Man United were that terrible, it might have been easy. Whereas we'll, we'll always play against teams that put... a Put three midfielders in front of the defenses and just hope and defend for their lives. I mean, is Mane naturally going to do what Bobby did and stuff like? Because the first half, we we just could not get anything going at all. Yeah, I I think the the important thing when when they're playing that deep is then your movement from left to right has to be really good. You basically have to run from one so looking to make runs uh, from the front of one defender and running behind the other defender or vice versa from behind one defender and running the uh, you know in front of the other defender sort of from left to right if you, if you guys can picture that and try and get space that way whereas i think mane was trying to stay very central at times mm. when we had the ball maybe that was to allow space for other people and you didn't want to sort of um step on anyone's t- toes from that perspective but then you see he got frustrated and started coming really deep to get the ball i think he was like yeah this isn't working for me i need i need to get um, involved in the game a bit more but yeah i think it's it's a tough one because as i said alan was pretty much shadowing that central area and making sure that money wasn't getting a ball from there what then maybe money could have done is maybe a it would have helped, I think, if we we did have um, a bit more exchange between Jota and Mane in terms of their positions, where Mane makes runs from the centre-back position out wide to the wing position, and we try and play balls um, into that channel for Mane. So instead of um, him making runs forward towards their goals, he should be making runs out away from the goal and we try and put balls into those little pockets and then the wide players in Salah and Jota and then if Naby's driving in as well those players are then the ones that pick up the position that Mane's just left and that's how another way you can kind of move the forwards around against low block teams but yeah it's 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 a tough game if it's not your natural position some of those tricks maybe don't come to to mind you know frequently in, in that situation but yeah hopefully he's he's learned from from the game and and he That's, improves we we did um, kind of i mean when origi came on we obviously changed to a 4-2-4 type thing and just crowding the box for more people seemingly worked so yeah and and their yeah. the, their center backs now have to mark only one person i, I mean yeah. they have to mark two people yeah, opposed yeah, yeah. to them marking one person which does make it more uh, difficult for them and what we were doing then as well is we were willing to let our fullbacks hit the byline which helps then create space if you can turn the defenders of a low block it it might seem weird to do that um when they're so deep into their box but if you can get them turned around uh that does lead to creating more space um for me with uh jota specifically i think the problem for him in this game was the fact that we all knew diaz was on the bench (laughs) so (laughs) we were all like guys if Diaz gets a run at Seamus Coleman. This game is a wrap. And maybe I'm projecting here. Maybe I was the only one thinking that. But I feel like that affected my rating for 
uh, Diogo Jota a lot in this game in that I was basically just waiting for Diaz to get into that position and run at um, run at Coleman. And, well, you know, in terms of maybe Jota was playing on that left-hand side because, um, as has, you know, become apparent, we were targeting their fullbacks in terms of trying to get headed opportunities against their fullbacks because they, they sometimes lose concentration. Well, if you want someone to get a headed opportunity, it's going to be Jota. So <laughs> maybe that was the plan with him starting this game is that he just sits on Seamus Coleman. We get balls towards Jota and, and he can get probably win a header at the far post. Mm. But then the crossing wasn't so great in this game. So I guess that kind of fell away in terms of a game plan. Um, but Guy, let's move on to Mo Salah, who he gets a 6.5 from Steven. Steven says that um, he was keen to attack, was lively when surrounded, and showed good work rate in an often horrid affair. Um, and, and I do like Steven mentioning that because we saw Salah chasing back a few times and, and winning tackles um, well into our own half and then also being available for, for attacks going forward. He says the signs are good for Mo, and this was not a game for beautiful players. And and we all know Mo is a beautiful player. You've gone with a seven for Mo. Um, I think this is the first rating that you've given higher than Steven. So um, do share, do share on your thoughts on Mo Salah's performance. Got an assist. Else you want? It was a struggle for him because, as I mentioned, Trent was torrid. Um, no one to combine with there, and. His other forwards, if you just chalk and cheese, and you look at when Origi came up, he had someone to pass to. He had someone to combine with. There was the odd thing with Naby, but Naby's must be 5'9", something like that. Michael Keane is 12 foot tall. <laughs> Alan was there. The other four centimetres were there. It's like, what's Naby going to do? But Whereas Origi, 6'2", six, 6'3", he can hold someone off. He can, you can fire a ball into it. It's literally, I think Mo had a shot. The actual first goal came from that as well, I think, didn't it? But you saw it straight away. As soon as Mo had someone to combine with, he was clearly our best forward for me. Um, especially out with the starters when Diaz came on and we'll come to him, but source. Um, but yeah, I think Mo was the one trying to do stuff out of our front line, whereas Mane descended into crappiness, let's be honest. Um, should have got probably should have got sent off. Jota was a non-factor, whereas Mo, I think he was plugging away, looking for something to combine with, trying to do things in in whilst there was a struggle on. And then when the subs came on, I, I thought he improved. That's why I went for the seven. I think even without the assist, which was a fantastic pass on his wrong foot, he, as soon as the game opened up, I think he you could see he was performing quite well. I think he had a couple other chances where it may have ended up out for a corner or something like that, crossing. Crossing with his right foot and stuff like that. He had a good duel with that Michaelenko in the first half, but once the game opened up, I thought he just got the best of him, to be fair. So, yeah, I went with a seven for more. Certainly the best of the starting um, attackers, as I said. So, yeah, after a bit of a dry spell pre-United, just took the United game, but I mean, an, an assist, it might as well be a goal. Just I'd keep adding to his um, G plus A stuff for the season, so... <laughs> Yeah, but I thought he was pretty good, even even in the uh, struggling, horrid first half. Yeah, and you could see in terms of we're used to Mo Salah not getting a lot of touches in games, but and maybe it's because Everton just 
didn't want the ball at all. But him getting 75 touches is is quite a lot for Mo. He's usually in the 50s to 30s, and when he's in the 30s, um, it, it, we usually as a club then don't play well because you know give the ball to one of your best players, if not the best player, and and he usually does the business. And he did do it um, with the assist for Robbo's goal. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned the fact that that first half I did quite enjoy that battle between the two of them um between Mo Salah and um Mikolenko I thought Mikolenko did quite decently well against Salah um all things considered but with how bad Trent was playing I thought Salah was a bit isolated on that side as well um which aided yeah. in in their defenders faring well whereas if you've got for example Henderson likes doing that overlap run on that right hand side Taking one of the defenders away from Salah and leaving him one-on-one, opposed to, whereas in the first half, a lot of the time, even when Salah was one-on-one, there was another defender within the vicinity ready to pounce as well, so he was never really one-on-one, um, and I think that's what aided in, in them defending him a lot better in that first half than they did in the second half. Um, okay, guy, let's move on to the impact subs and I use that word impact sub because I am always you know one of those people that when the team doesn't play well I mention it when the team plays well I mention it um especially with the ratings you get the ratings that you you've earned in those games and one of the big factors that I had um you know it's it's been a while now but I I I had this this gripe with Jurgen Klopp was his substitutions his substitutions were not great and the the, the the timing of the substitutions were not great for me either. I, I thought there were times when he should have brought players on earlier or, you know, at least brought certain players on. But 59 minutes in, guy, this guy wasn't messing around. 59 minutes in, Naby Keita comes off, Sadio Mane comes off. As we mentioned, um, Keita, a mad game. Mane, a not-so-great game. So justified in the players that, that he does take off in. You know, he, it's the correct players to take off, in my opinion. They're not playing that well. Brings on Divock Origi. I mean, it's Everton. Who wouldn't bring on Divock Origi? Fantastic. Exactly. Brings on Luis Diaz as well. As I said, the player that I wanted to come on since minute one. So maybe I was being a bit unfair on Jota with, with how I, I viewed him in this game. But those two players come in and have an immediate impact in terms of Diaz running at Coleman. Obviously, the, the, the touch from... Diaz was beautiful um, from the crossfield ball from Trent, I think it was. Um, and then just being willing to get the ball and run at Coleman, who is about like 950 years old, I think, today, um, if I'm not mistaken. And then mm-hmm. Origi, as you mentioned, just being a, 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 a sort of like a wall that Salah could bounce the ball off. Yeah. Um, and, and that was quite key. And as 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 mentioned with the money situation where I was saying money should have been making runs wide instead of staying in the middle, the touches that Origi got were in wide areas, if you notice. They weren't in the middle. So again, it, it, it bleeds onto what I was talking about in that if they're playing low block, don't just stand in the middle as the striker. Move out wide. And Salah did it perfectly. For example, they plays it into... Origi and then moves off of that and Origi can always feed it back to you and, and, and you kind of move their, their midfielders, move their defenders in that way. 
Um, so yeah, Origi was really good at that. Um, I thought he's done well um, in most games that he's come on, if if not all the game. I can't remember a game where I've been uber frustrated with him, but obviously, full disclosure, I am biased towards Origi. Um, but I thought he did fantastic in this game. He held the ball up really well. He was that wall to bounce off for Mo Salah, which kind of got Mo Salah's juices flowing a bit in this game. Um, contributes with his first touch, I think it was, to, to um, what you call it, Salah plays the ball into him, controls it, lays it back oh. to Salah. Yeah, um, Salah crosses it, Robbo scores, um, which, I mean, that alone, Robbo scoring was, was something special <laughs> for me. I, I didn't expect him to score just because it's Robbo in the box. It, it rarely ever goes in, but credit to him, beautiful moment. And then obviously Origi gets the goal um, late on as well. But before he gets that goal, uh, Jordan Henderson comes on. And um, so in terms of those substitutions and the impacts that they did make, um, Henderson gets that cross in for Diaz, who bicycle kicks it. Um, you know, it ends up being an assist for Origi. So all three of the substitutes were involved in that second goal. Which, what, what more do you want from your manager bringing players on? All three of them involved in goals. That, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, so I've got an eight here for Origi from Steven. I've got a 6.5 from Henderson. I guess it's understandable because oh, he came on 82nd min- minute. Then, you know, didn't get too much time, but, um, and then he's got a 7.5. For Luis Diaz, he said maybe everyone's preferred forward right now and showed such class and ability with a tremendous flair. Um, for Henderson, he says, offered a steady look when the game needed a more solid shape. And then for Rigi, he loves the Ev. Great in both instances where Liverpool scored, especially with another headed goal. His last moment in a derby was special. I hope Stephen takes that back because Origi's signing a new contract, damn it. He's signing a new contract. He's going to be a lifetime Liverpool player. He'll get to retire at Liverpool and everything will be beautiful. Um, if only. But guy, what, what did you, I, I see you've given sevens for all of them, which I think is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to wax lyrical about some of them, all of them, any of them? Um, the floor is yours. I think Origi's your guy and you've kind of done that. So I'll left, I'll leave Origi to you. But Diaz, <laughs> Diaz and that touch with, like behind his standing leg. Oh my god. It's unnecessary filth. <laughs> it's just unnecessary. You're just talking to touch with your, with your normal, uh, normal foot. But gee, yeah, Diaz. <sighs> what you said there, I think preferred starting player. He just is. He just is. Like, we all love more. Well, probably more's different, isn't he? Because more's just a goal and assist machine. We all love Mane, we all love Jota, we all love Bobby, but just a bit, there's just a bit of electricity when Diaz does stuff. It, 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 it reminds me of early Mane. That, that's probably how you say it, because probably this season, especially in last season, Mane's developed into t- probably less reliant on his explosivity into the quality player that he is now. Whereas Diaz, you see the quality because, well, he attempted a bicycle kick and he obviously did it on purpose, man, turning into a pass. Um, but it's just that pace. It's explosive. It's direct. It's scary. He's fast as anything. 
it's just a bit different from what we have because Moore's still really fast, but he's not that he's not that explosive sprinter, hundred meter sprinter fast that Diaz is. Like Salah has quick feet, but Diaz he has the quick feet, he has the turn of pace, and he also has the long distance pace as well. It, I think Mo has all that as well, but Diaz it's just a bit more. Well, he's twenty four or something like. That. He's just a bit more explosive. It's hard <laughs> to explain. It's hard to put into words. But yeah, if we had Champions League tomorrow, when there's a Champions League semi final on Wednesday, I think you got to go with Mane. Mane, you got to go with Mo and Diaz plus one. That that's how for for a must win for a must win game. I know they're all must win. But a one-off game where you have to win a final or whatever, I think you have to pick Diaz, you have to pick more, and then the other can fight it out. Because I know he's only been here a couple of months, but Diaz is just offering something different that some of our forwards used to deliver. And that's fair, that's aging, that's football, that's you, that's being a human being. But yeah, I, I love Diaz. I've only ever seen him play against us before we signed him and already... Like even if he's having an off game, just the weapon of explosive pace is just enough there. And you you mentioned about moving people about Seamus Cole and team. Oh, I've dealt quite well with Mane and Jota wondering about it. Oh shit! <laughs> here comes here comes the fast one. Uh, yeah, just different gravy, different gravy. I think quick because fast becoming a star in in the most important games. I, I feel. So yeah, um, Diaz. I I feel like I could have went higher with Diaz and Origi, but I think that would have been unfair on Henderson because even though if he, I, I didn't realize he only had the eight mins, he probably should have been a lot more considering it the stoppage longer, time. Right? Stoppage. Yeah, he did. It did maybe because there was probably twenty minutes of stoppage time for all the diving <laughs> and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think he came on, made an impact. The game was much more open, as I mentioned in the Nabby bit, but. A back post cross worked for the first time in about two years. Um, that's probably unfair, but it does feel like that at times. Uh, he came on, should have got someone sent off, as I said, was much more involved. I think almost reverting back to type because whatever we think about the midfield, there's a relationship there between Trent Moe and um, Pendo. Whereas Nabby, some people prefer him as the player and stuff like that, but there'll be no relationships there. They barely played together. So, yeah, it's reverting back to type. It'll be, like, ingrained in them because they've been playing together for three-odd years now. Uh, probably longer than that now. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I thought Pendo was good coming on. It was good to see. I mean, some of his best performances have probably been sub-appearances this season. But, yeah, it, it, it is good to see Pendo playing well because he has, hasn't had the best season. But, yeah, a seven in eight minutes, that's pretty good. We normally don't even rate people for 20 minutes. Uh, for, Eight minutes work, so yeah, good good job on Hendo. But Diaz, man, what a guy! What a guy indeed, and that's a good point on Henderson. We do usually mention the fact that look, the person didn't have enough time on the pitch for us to actually justify giving them a rating. But as you say, Henderson was involved. The fact that it felt like he was involved for at least ten, fifteen minutes of the game shows just how involved he was. Um, I do like the fact that. At least by the time he came on, he could afford to be a passion player in the game. Uh, we saw him getting involved in quite a few things with regards to that. Whereas if you're starting the game, I, I get a bit antsy about that, as I mentioned earlier, with the fear of people getting sent off and, and, and getting involved in silly files and stuff like that. But yeah, 
I thought he played really well, gets the cross in. Um, I always find it interesting when crosses are sent into the box and someone bicycle kicks them and people call it a good cross because me bicycle kicking it means it was behind me. But anyway, semantics. Um, Lucas, I'm Richard. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) It was beautiful to see all three of Klopp's substitutions um, be involved in a goal. And as I said, I thought Henderson did well. I thought he, after being sick and tired, myself speaking, of, of, the nonsense that Everton were doing all game to have Henderson come on and, and milk the fouls and stuff like that. Um, I thought was beautifully uh, timed in this game. And then, um, you know, speaking of beautifully timed, we've mentioned that we enjoyed the timing of the substitutions. We enjoyed the impact of the substitutions. So Jurgen Klopp definitely gets a rating for me in this game. For me, he gets a 10. For me, he gets a 10 out of 10. And the reason I say that is because it, I may not have thought of this lineup before the game, and I didn't expect this lineup before the game. But I didn't have an issue with the lineup. Like it's not like my my hands were up in the air and uh, or why is he starting this player or that player. So no issues with the lineup. It it was just surprising for me. So that's fine. Then we get into half time, and it's clear that. Yes, we're being patient with our build-up play, but the page and and because the message that would have been brought to the players is be patient. But the patience I think Klopp was talking about in the game is be patient, the goal will come. Not necessarily be patient with like your passing and be a bit slower and methodical with your passing. That that's a different patience. And I think he got that message across at half time to say no. I mean, be patient in that we will eventually score. Uh, I, I trust you guys to score in the end. But um, you guys have to play with a lot more urgency. You saw the passes were a lot crisper. The movement was a lot sharper. We were willing to run in behind them um, a lot more in that second half. The tempo was really good. So I think that the halftime te- team talk was bang on from Klopp there, from that perspective. And then to bring on the subs that when he brought them on, with the instructions that he gave them, um, I think the, the, the you know Diaz coming on, running at their tired players, Origi offering himself space, especially for Salah, that helps create the goal. I just thought it was a masterclass from Jurgen Klopp in a game that could have easily ended nil-nil, could have easily ended with us losing the game. You know, you've seen frustrating games like this before, and maybe it's also because. Um, you know, in watching other teams play, for example, we saw Spurs draw with Brentford uh, this weekend, and I, and I watched that whole game. And Conte should have changed things, and he didn't. Like Brentford said, we're not letting Kane beat us. We're not letting Kane pass to Son beat us. Try and beat us any other way. And for 90 minutes, Spurs didn't try beat them any other way. Whereas um, we saw in this game that. Klopp was willing to take that risk of bomb everyone forward. We'll leave Van Dijk Matic at the back. Fabinho will be the screen. If they get past those guys, they still have to face Allison. But I trust you guys to go out and win this game. So yeah, for me, he's a perfect 10. Uh, Steven's gone with a 9 for Klopp. He said, um, did what he could, did what was needed, and made the calls at the right time. Against such an anti-football outfit, he shines so bright. He must hate Lampard. <laughs> Sorry, let me get that again. He must hate Lampard with that um, S-T-A-T 
thing line up. I don't know what that means. Um, and I'm sure Frank will be even more fond of him and the Reds after today. But yeah, Guy, what, what rating did you give uh, Jürgen Norbert Klopp? I think I mentioned more towards a nine, because he only gave me a little bit of Diaz. <laughs> Got to give him a bit more idea, but no, I was I was happy with the team. I think I'd obviously prefer Diaz for a game like that, where you know how they're going to set up. I think one of Mane or Jota probably the way to go forward now. I know it's kind of worked most of the season, but God, Diaz now it's fine. <laughs> um, I love that guy. Um, yeah, nine, ten, it's fine. It, that's his biggest criticism. Sometimes he's too keen for the people to fix it on the pitch, whereas this one it's just go 4-2-4, they're playing 12 at the back, we're putting Origi <laughs> up top, bouncing off him lad we're scoring a goal, so yeah, I can see either, but yeah, the subs were spot on, the starting 11, no complaints so yeah, 9 or 10 perfect, I'll go with a 9 though for the two, not enough of Diaz Well, I've been outvoted here, Steven's gone with a 9, Guy's gone with a 9, you know what, I went with a 10 I'm usually the one with the the, the harsher ratings in this in, in on this podcast, but I think Klopp loves the sub. Loves the sub. Look, if if you if you I, I don't I don't see what more Klopp could have done. I really don't. Um, I I, I get I where you're coming really. from with the Diaz shout. He could have probably played him more, but look, I thought he I thought he did well. He managed the situation really well at half time. Um, we came out not really focused on the shenanigans of things, but more on creating a tempo and and getting a goal. Um, subs were on point. Um, he did the, the, the first pumps at the end of the game as well. He did a little bit of a build up with it as well. I mean, that was beautiful as well. So yeah, it's a 10 from me, Guy Drinkle, but that is going to do it for another episode of Rate Don't Hate. Guy, do you have anything you want to plug, put over or promote before we wrap up? Um, I don't even, I don't even know when the FA Cup final is. That's probably a couple of weeks away. I hope <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'll have to sort that out. Uh, that'll be the next Raw I'm doing, I presume. Um, two-footed on Friday. I'll be on that for the weekend preview thing. Uh, and then probably next one I'm on will be next week's Rate Don't Hate. And I, is it Newcastle we're playing? I think it's Newcastle. Yes, it is. Which looks like it'll be a tougher game than probably once fought. Um, so hopefully we win that one. But yeah, that'll be a tough game. But two footed and this next week, pretty much from me. Yeah, FA Cup finals the fourteenth of May. Oh, thank God. Score. <laughs> thank <But> yeah, God. <laughs> guys, <laughs> we don't do ratings for the Champions League games. We are strictly on that Brock Lesnar schedule for the Premier League. Yeah. So we will be back um, next week with the Newcastle versus Liverpool ratings. Uh, go check out Guy Drinko at Guy Drinko on Twitter. Go check me out at Tad Predicts on Twitter. Go check out a Tad Predictable podcast on Anfield Index. I mean, on EPL Index. I mean, it's it's on the Anfield Index app on the non-LFC side if you want to go Good check sir. it out on there as well. But, um, like thanks. <laughs> but guys, until next time, take care and goodbye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it.
You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.